Well, I can see you boys aren't like the usual hooligans hanging around here. Like these two fellas, uh, Buff Coat and Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> Buff Code and Beaver, Adam and Clay, back at it again, coming at ya, Rush Hour Renegades style. I'd say this is the Rush Hour Renegades podcast of Beavis and Butthead podcast. Well, that's, I don't want to slam the door shut on us doing like a Rush Hour Renegades recap podcast ourselves. Let's, uh, I mean, I like the comparison, but now I think you've opened up new avenues for us to explore after this thing blows up the way it does. Rush our renegades. <laughs> Coming oh, at ya. That's a full house reference, folks, and we'll get off it, but uh, we both love that show as For well. now, we'll get off it, but for the future. <laughs> um, with, you know, that show has some dumber plot lines than Beavis and Butthead, but um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. This Beavis and Butthead. Back at it this week, Clay. What do, what do we got? What's in the vault here? What what pairs these two episodes up together this week? Well, it's a, a bit of a loose connection this week. Um, like the, we're looking at Beavis and Butthead and uh, the positive acting teens. Now, they were briefly unofficially introduced in our first episode entitled Party, but then were brought in as a fully fledged group in the episode Patsies, and basically it's just kind of what it sounds. It's a group of kids who try to do positive acts, interacting with Beavis and Butthead, who, uh, you know, generally are not favorable of such things. But uh, what do you say we just jump right in, Adam? Sure. All right. Uh, first episode on the agenda today is Party. It aired on January 29th, 1995. Side note, happy belated 38th birthday to my dad on that particular day. So if I didn't say it then, happy 38th, Mark Cunningham. But um, that was the 18th episode of season five. It was written by Christopher Brown and Mike Judge, directed by Mike Judge and Yvette Kaplan. The synopsis is as follows. Beavis and Butthead decide to throw a house party in the hopes that girls will show up for them to score with. Um, Adam, let's, uh, well, we'll get into the positive acting teen side initially, but just first, uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, on party? Like, you know, a, another loose connection, both episodes, uh, titles start with the letter P. They, so, um, they do. and the second letter A, That's, there we go. And there's a T in there. Uh, <laughs> it's a never ending connecting, uh, tapestry of something. I don't know. I'm not smart enough to continue that sentence. Go on, Adam. If you enjoyed that analysis, though, stay tuned. Yes, for sure. You now, Party is, um, that synopsis, a classic, you know, it's going to be a classic episode. Uh, nothing out of the norm for Beavis and Butthead. They open up with a uh, talk show where, or a news report of some groping going on and uh, one of the anchors, they both laugh after the stories read of women mm. being sexually assaulted and said, oh, I really wish I would have joined the military. Yeah. And, and, and said they should have expected it to happen. So some, <laughs> yeah, some, some really good victim blaming, blaming news, newscasting going on. Yeah. I, I think Mike judge obviously never uh, afraid to comment on the society at the time or have social commentary. So it's tossed in there. 
uh, which is, you know, um, it really makes you think. It does. It is. <laughs> but uh, this leads to uh, Mr. Van Driesen discussing sexism. Um, well, it leads to Beavis and Butthead hearing, like, groping. Um, Butthead declaring they should throw a party then so they could grope chicks. Um and uh, but I love Beavis's initial reaction to a party where he just wasn't paying attention, and he's like, "Oh yeah, it'll be a cake and stuff." <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the night there's, there's a real innocence to him that comes out every so often. Yes, <laughs> that was great. So, um, but no, this leads into Mr. Van Driesen, who uh, is talking about sexism, and uh, Butthead declares that they're going to have a party so chicks will come which Mr. Van Driesen in his eternal optimism that he's doing good and teaching the boys sees that as they want to include all genders to have a good old time. But in fact, Beavis and Butthead just want to score. Um, conversely, at the end of the episode of Patsy's, um, we'll get into that later, but I think you see the exact opposite with a uh, buzz cut, which uh, obviously they're exact opposites in characters, but mm. you'll see that contrast coming up. Um, so they go in and I, I, they go into the uh, quickie mart. What's it? It's not the quickie mart. The maxi mart. Maxi mart. Thank you. Um, and the same worker who works at the uh, Megalo Mart, which is not the Megalo Mart from uh, Tool Toys. is The Home the Labyrinth. <laughs> yes, Home Labyrinth. Thank you. <laughs> um, and uh, gives the boys a couple day-old donuts that he pulls out of the trash and forks from their buffet or yeah. their, their condiments area. Uh, that's that's one thing. Uh, like, I know a big talking point of the next episode is going to be how like Beavis and Butthead and positivity just don't mix. That's not always true. And I think we see this, like they're so convinced this party's like, yeah, first of all, they show up and yeah, the supply run buttheads, like how much can we get for this much? And he pulls out like one coin and like, there's a condom wrapper in there, I think. <laughs> and then, yeah. And, and then it comes back with, um, uh, well, none, but uh, I can give you some used sporks from our Toppins bar, which uh, yeah, butthead, which I think butthead must've thought it was another scorcher because another scorcher. he says, yeah, <laughs> cool. And then I, well, I love about the day old donuts thing is too. Like I used to work at a station like that, and I used to always keep the trash can underneath the counter. So I mean, there you could pull it up. No, this one's in. Not only is it in plain sight, one of the donuts clearly has a cigarette butt on top of it as he's putting it in the bag. And Butthead initially just just grabs it and goes, "This party's gonna rock," which doesn't even make sense because. By the time they're outside, they're already they're already eating some of the donuts, and the rest they trade to a homeless man for like a couple swigs of some type of hard liquor that's yeah, like backwash filled, <laughs> gross warm liquor. Um, you know, you say Toppins Bar. That reminds me of Mary Poppins. Is that they were talking? Was that what they were talking about when? Feed the birds toppings a bag. Um, I I don't know honestly. I, I'm not adept on Mary Poppins. Maybe well, their currency was like condiments. <laughs> it's that's another thinker, but that that's for another one. That's for our Mary Poppins podcast. Yeah. Um, 
so after they get the supplies, uh, you know, the party, they're, they're in their house and, uh, uh, the first to show up is, uh, Stuart, of course, and, uh, brings over some of his friends from youth group. And, uh, I will venture to say Stuart's friends are the gallant to Beavis and Butthead's goofus. Uh, they look similar, you know, uh, the brown haired one is taller and, um, kind of the leader, but the blonde haired one is, you know, kind of the sidekick there to, to the brown haired one, but they're, they're well put together. Their shirts are tucked in. They're arguing about, uh, MacGyver and Knight Rider, which man, I was. Well, I, I had to ask, you know, I'm not an expert on MacGyver and Knight Rider, but I know you're a big fan. So what was your takeaway on that discussion? You know, I, yes. Yeah, so, you know, we all, we talk about how we're like Beavis and Butthead, but in this part, I'm, I'm in the patsies here. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I, as you described, I'm just going to sit here with my mouth agape, but just, just disgusted by you, but, but, but by all means continue. So the claim that Kit is just a car without Michael is just flat false. You know, Kit could drive by himself. Now he was commanded by Michael, but you or I could command Kit if we were in a bind and had the controls. But uh, Michael Knight was was a fighter though. To, to say MacGyver could beat him up Michael Knight in a fight, that's a toss up right there. And MacGyver himself was not a fighter in general. So neither one carried a gun. So it would be a fisticuffs battle. Um, Richard Dean Anderson, David Hasselhoff, on a on a looks scale, I mean they're both handsome dudes too. Yeah. I think David Hasselhoff would have him on the height, weight, and reach though. So I really lean hard towards Michael Knight and Kit here. Uh, okay. Well, I, I have nothing to add, but uh, by all means, if anybody out there listening has their opinions, please share them with us because this is a one-way conversation, unfortunately. You can brush up. What you can say, two great theme songs, but man, that Knight Rider bass line, it doesn't get much better. I'll grant you that's a good, it's a, it is a good theme song. Nonetheless, Stuart friend, Stuart's friends, uh, claim, as soon as they get in the door to Beavis and Butthead's party to get back on track, um, to say it kicks rear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, just fantastic line there. Um, and then, uh, lo and behold, Todd shows up. The, uh, you know, borderline, uh, the idol of Beavis and Butthead. And you, I noticed that uh, with the liquor, earlier in the episode, Butthead says, uh, you got to hold it up if you're Beavis. So when the yeah. chicks come in, they think you're cool. And Beavis is complaining of his arm getting tired. But when Todd comes in, Beavis makes sure to hold up that drink. Um, just really, again, just the admiration and maybe love they have for Todd. Mm -hmm. uh, and they really admire him no matter what. Uh, Todd, of course, wrecks the place. There's panties and crap all over. Then he speeds in and says, "You, Beavis and Butthead owe him 50 bucks. Um, <laughs> And that's fine. With uh, yeah, because so he had fun at their party. That's that's the. I love. I, yeah, like a butthead asked, "Did you have fun?" <laughs> um, but yeah, that pretty much sums up the episode. Todd uh, peels out, and and that's pretty much it. But uh, you know, uh, 
I enjoy this one. It's uh, I enjoy Stuart. I enjoy Stuart's friends. And when they are the only ones really to show up, uh, it's great. And that's what you expected. And uh, I, I, what is Stuart? Whenever Stuart comes in, but just butthead, just what in the hell are you doing here? Uh, it's, it's yeah. And I kind of want to track back. Like, yeah, those two guys, Stuart's, uh, yeah, they're not the positive acting teens yet. They are, quote, buds from the youth group. Uh, we learn in the next episode their names are Matt and Ryan. Matt is the one who says the party kicks rear. And I, I'm going to saw it. I think Ryan is my MVP of this block because I, right after that, he walks. I, th- I, this is maybe my favorite part of the episode. He walks in, turns around, like extends his hand to Butthead and just goes, you guys will have to come to our Lowe's and Fishes cookout next week. Deal? And Butthead doesn't shake back. and just an ultra just goes, uh, no. Like, and I, Here's I'm going to make a nice comparison here. Um, you know, we're both big fans of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I, I would say it's probably my second favorite show of the 21st century. And this has been another episode of my second favorite show, which I think was a recurring theme we're, we're bringing about. But one thing that people always say they love about that show is, just, oh, man, that Larry David. You get social conventions. He does not care at all. And that's like true to a point. But man, Butthead is that like to the absolute nth degree, like literally no one else has come to their party. And these guys are actually excited to be there. And, and he can't even like shake this guy's hand or humor him that he's going to come to their, their loaves and fishes cookout, which, and then it got, also kind of lost in the shuffle, Beavis with a good follow-up of, I could pinch a loaf for you, though, which I didn't catch initially because I really, really love that that heart. Uh, no, and but also, yeah, you do get that nice sort of juxtaposition because Beavis and Butthead are to Stuart what uh, Beavis, um, what Todd. Well, what am I saying? This like Beavis and Butthead view Stuart in the same way that Todd view Beavis and Butthead, and you get that nice collective there at the end where uh, Stuart and his buds eventually leave to play a new video game. And you just want to be like, like, all right, Stuart, just, just stick with these guys. Like, I mean, they're your friend, or uh, I'd say at least we think they're their, his friends. Uh, the next episode kind of maybe casts a shadow over that, but just stop trying to please Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> it's not going to work out for you. Yeah. <laughs> you wonder what Stuart does see in uh, Beavis and Butthead, but He's just a notch below in their coolness category from the winger shirt. Yep. His parents are so nice, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Stuart. All right. Um, but uh, so, yeah, that's, that's the episode. Um, let's talk videos, shall we? We've got a, a four-pack here. We have uh, Simply Irresistible by Robert Palmer, Glamorous by Jesus Lizard, Detroit Rock City by Mighty Mighty Boston's and Get Your Gun by Marilyn Manson. I'll just say outright because we talked about me being banned from watching this show. This is a kid. Man, if, if my mom had ever found out that Marilyn Manson was featured, oh boy, because he was like the literal antichrist to a lot of people our age. But um, side tangent aside, Adam, uh, what stood out to you here with this music video collection? No, I, I want to know if your mom would still yell at you if you're watching it, though. Does she know you watch the show now? 
Um, well, she knows we have a podcast and, um, I will say, you know, I've never really been a big fan of Marilyn Manson. Also, like I, I always found him kind of hard to take kind of seriously. This song's got a decent hook to it though. Um, was this Marilyn Manson pre beautiful people? I, I believe so. Yes. I, I was almost sure. Yeah. So, um, shout out to Mike judge for seeing artists on the rise. Uh, oh. I think Robert, what stood out to me, Robert, Robert Palmer's uh, video with the classic video there, you get to see uh, both the guys in peak horniness mode. Um, Jesus Lizard wasn't much there for me. Mighty Mighty Boston, same, uh, same, but they did rip on Gallagher a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then, uh, but the Marilyn Manson video, uh, first kicking the nads from uh, Beavis to Butthead that we've seen, at least on the podcast here. So mark that down on the podcast first, is there's a couple of slaps of Beavis and a kick in the nads to Butthead during a uh, talking about stopping the violence. Yeah, that's that's a I always I mean, it's always the same, but I always like that because that that feels. I mean, you never really get to see your own face when somebody kicks you in the nads, but watching just like, you know, all the blood just run exaggerated to his face. It's like, yeah, that's a pretty good visual representation of how that feels. Um, I'll say one thing that jumped out. Um, I really liked uh, from the, the Mighty Mighty Boston's video. There's a scene where somebody toilet papers a tree. And um, yeah, they, they point out that uh, like, why, why did they think that's a bad thing? That's that's like free toilet paper. Like we don't even have any here. Which and they reveal that without TP, uh, Beavis and Butthead are sharing a washcloth to wipe, and you just want to be like, "Guy, you guys work at a fast food restaurant. Swipe some napkins." I think Beavis was using some newspaper as well. <laughs> so I think mm. he mentioned he'd been using newspaper for about a month. Um, yeah, no matter no matter what, it's take some TP out of Burger World's uh, restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, I mean napkin. I mean, I've I've worked jobs similar to that too. They don't keep tabs on napkins, guys. Just grab as many and just take them home. And that's a, you. You are a uh, gas station attendant slash restaurant expert in this uh, of us of our duo here. So I, I like that. I feel like that adds a nice bit of gravitas to the proceedings. So so I, I, I'm glad you see it that way. All right, that wraps it up by uh, this this half of it up. I, I thought the episode was pretty cool. I'd give it, uh, even though we haven't been given grades or scores, I'm going to give this one a score. I'm going to say it's a B. I'm going to say it's a B on the... Uh, okay, um, I'll, I'll maybe come up with it at the end. I'm not entirely sure. I, I, I wasn't prepared for grades, but uh, <laughs> I, I think I'd probably, I'd probably like it a little bit better than you. I, I really enjoy this one. Buff, Code, and Beaver. Back. Buff, Code, and Beaver. We're back and better than ever. And we've got part two of this week of our two-part series. It's not a two-part series, but Patsy's is our second episode that we're discussing. And the theme is uh, kind of the teens that interact with the Beavis and Butthead, be it forced or unforced. So, uh, Clay, I will read the synopsis for Patsy's. It, it, oh. 
uh, season five and episode 44. Is that overall? Uh, I, I don't really know. I haven't really looked into how they break it down. I'm pretty sure. I think it's the 44th episode of season five, not the 44th episode overall. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, season five, episode 44. It was uh, directed by Mike Judge and Mike DeSev. I'm hoping. I don't know. D-E-S-E-V-E. Uh, Christopher Brown and Mike Judge uh, wrote it. And um, the synopsis. A group of students who engage in community service activities excuse Beavis and Butthead from detention to help them clean a littered stretch of highway. Clay, Patsy's is all yours. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm just going to, like, before we get into it, like, right away we have my favorite part of this one because I said I liked Ryan, uh, Ryan's uh, Lowe's and Fish's cookout from the last one. He comes out swinging in this one, too, like, very early on. It's just, you know what? I'm just going to play the clip. Kids? We've had a real terrific year. We cleared 15 pounds of broken bottles from the student parking lot. We sang carols for senior citizens. That old man hit me in the throat with his cane. He was old and confused, Ryan. (laughs) I I love that so much. And I feel like, one, it's just, I mean, you you have to feel like he was really sitting on that for a while, like a long time, like the leader who his name is Mr. Graham. You got to feel like at some point he's like, hey, are we going to address the fact that this old man assaulted me while we were singing carols? And then instantly, for him to instantly dismiss him again. Oh, that's, uh, oh, I, 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 I love. I, he shows is just so great. Like, yeah. That's the perfect voice for both of those characters. Yeah, I know. Oh, it absolutely. <laughs> but um, yeah, before we get in, but this is the first official meeting of the Positive Acting Teens. What do we take from Stuart not being there? Oh, man, you know, that's where, you know, maybe Stuart is a notch above the, the positive acting teens in Beavis and Butthead's category. And maybe that's why they allow him to kind of hang around because they're, maybe it's Stuart's choice not to be in there. That's a little bit of his rebel streak. That there you we- go. He, he, he listened to that one winger song that really inspired him to just say, you know what? No, I'm not down with this. But, yes. um, you know, we've talked, we've teased this one a few times, Adam. And I think it's just, this is a really interesting one to me because I'm, I'm curious to know, well, first of all, like, are you a fan of this episode? Yeah, I, I do like it. Um, uh, it's a little dark. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I, and we'll get into the, the one particularly dark scene, in, but I'm just, and I like it too. And I'm just curious, like, what is it that is funny slash rewarding to watch this group, the PATs, get mocked? Um, now, I, I, it's, now, it is kind of a, it is, I mean, it is like a Christian youth group. And I know, like, in the revival season episode, Dumb Design, they actually are a fundamentalist group that is protesting the teaching of evolution outside of Highland High School. But that, that was 2011. This was 1995. There's none of that here. There's even a scene where one of the kids, um, Matt, says amen, and his dad says, now don't say amen in school, son. So there's, really, there's even that separation of church and state. That's fine. So really, they're just kind of, I think, 
what you would say are good Christian kids, but is there anything to it other than the fact that they're just such goobers? I mean, with the, uh, there's a big Ned Flanders feel. Yes. With them, you know, like. And Rod and Todd. Yes, absolutely. They, uh, they, there's, and I actually thought this, and I think this, you know, speaking from a parent's uh, perspective, so sit this one out, Clay. Oh, I, oh. <laughs> I'm not a procreator, so my opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> so I just thought, man, these kids are doing good in the community, <laughs> you know? Yes, they're dorks. Man, this is what you want your kids to do. You want them to participate in, in community activities. But man, they are goobers. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, they punctuate everything with a group. Yay! And they have those matching I'm a PAT t-shirts, which bums me out that I can't. Now, obviously, that's an easy thing to make because it's just a plain white t-shirt and marker. But nobody sells those, which... Really, that, that's why I think it, it disappoints me that this show doesn't have the, or the Beavis and Butthead doesn't have the reach that it does. But, um, but yeah, it, it gets to the point where, yeah, they, they talk about, well, they need to bring positivity to, the, to their fellow teens, which leads them to go to detention where Mr. Buzzcut relieves Beavis and Butthead to go with him to uh, pick, up, pick up trash on the highway. And on the way there, and this is another thing that's like, a nice staple of this show. The message never matters with Beavis and Butthead. It's always the messenger. Because on the way there, two of them are, uh, Matt and Ryan are talking about Star Trek, which I don't know Star Trek intimately. I'm not a damn nerd. <laughs> oh, zing. Which uh, even though, once you actually start a podcast to talk about a TV show, don't you waive the right to brag about not being a nerd? Yeah. But, um, okay. Anyway, but like they're talking about, like they're debating Star Trek, and Butthead just has this disgusted look on his face. Butthead has no right to judge anybody for talking about TV because that's his. In, not only is that his entire life, him and Beavis are Star Trek fans. Like they reference it on the show numerous times, but it's just like I don't want anything to do with these dorks. This is pathetic. And we see that same disgusted look of him in a great pan shot while the, everybody's picking up trash, singing Michael Rowe, The Boat Ashore, and he's just not having it at all with these, with these dorks, basically. I'm surprised Beavis and Butthead made it just even went with, I know Buzzcut ordered them to go there. But, you know, they didn't really have a responsibility too much to hang around, but... no. But um, uh, that leads to uh, a dark, if not hard to watch scene <laughs> where um, this is one that uh, <sighs> we'll just describe what happens. Uh, Beavis and Butthead, eventually they find a hubcap and just start playing Frisbee with it across the side of the road, at which point eventually it ricochets off a semi hits Mr. Graham, the group leader, in the back of the head. It knocks him unconscious. Um, then Matt, the, the quote-unquote next of skin, like legitimately thinks his dad is dead because um, he's lying there unconscious. While in the fray, uh, Butthead steals his wallet, and they walk off with Beavis calling Matt a crybaby. 
Um, now we do find out that he's not actually dead, but what is your, uh, just what's your analysis of this scene here, Adam? Yeah, it's like you said, it, I think watching it for a second time, I found a little more humor in it, but the first time you're like, oh my. <laughs> um, I, the second time around, I laughed because they wanted to notify the next of skin and then yeah. Matt says, I am the next of kin. And they literally say, well, your dad's dead. <laughs> I know. It's so awful. It's like, it's one of those. Yeah. It kind of, I think we're kind of, I think it does help that we do have a next scene, but um Yes, it, it, it does toe that line. And I'm going to, like, this is our, our another standard, like, taint of greatness quote. This is something Mike Judge said in that documentary, I think, just about the appeal of Beavis and Butthead. Like, I don't think they're mean intentionally. They don't know any better. And, uh, and then he goes on to say, like, but, it, I mean, liking, basically saying that liking your show, liking the show, it doesn't mean you're intentionally cruel. And I think that's the difference between when it works and when it doesn't a lot of time. And I'm not saying this doesn't work, but it's really hard to make the argument they're not being intentionally cruel here. Yeah. Because even Beavis and Butthead would know, like, well, a kid is likely to be sad that his dad is dead, even if he is as uncool as Mr. Graham. Now, uh, you know, you'll, I lean back. It really was the truck's fault. <laughs> that, yeah, that, you know what? That's, you, they, you, <laughs> it's not like they threw it at him and it hurt him. Too. That's that, that's the frisbee bounced off of a truck, and then they're just kind of reacting to that happening. So you know, again, they didn't do that with the intent of him hurting. Sure, but um, but yeah, we do get uh, he's not he's not dead, Mr. Graham. But this is the end. I mean, we talk about like an additional positivity positivity challenger. Um, they go back to the school. Uh, Mr. Graham's there to interrogate him while he leaves the PATs with Mr. Buzzcut, who like, like the, the, the group activity that day is like, you're gonna wash my Wagoneer. And then uh, Matt's like, that's not what my dad said. And I love that, your dad's not here, boy. And if you don't shut up, I will positively kill you. And like, I had a couple thoughts here. One, the obvious thing would be like, if it's a group of positivity, you're, I figured, wouldn't you reach out to Mr. Van Driesen but I will play the devil's advocate in this regard. I can see Mr. Van Driesen maybe having an objection because it is a Christian youth group. So I can see maybe Mr. Van Driesen saying, no, nah, I, don't, I don't really want to do this. And if that's the case, take the week off. I, I, I'm going back to your nerd comment. <laughs> okay. This deep discussion in general of this. Uh, I love it. I am 100% on board with you and that Yes. Um, side note, Jeep Wagoneer making its reappearance. Yep. Peter's <laughs> uh, Jeep lineup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good to know. But um, yeah, we do get this scene. And I, I actually referenced this exact scene in uh, our Mr. Anderson's Balls discussion. But it's like one of those where Beavis and Butthead can retain knowledge if it like sticks the knife into someone. And you get Mr. Graham literally calls Beavis a hell spawn. And he's like, are you sure you don't know where my credit cards are? And they're like, yeah, I'm positive. And I think Butthead, or I think Beavis adds that, no, sir, uh, positively not, which just a nice. <laughs> I will say, though, um, I have to point out 
that we see the hubcap hit Mr. Graham in the back of the head. Oh. But when we when we see him in the classroom, he's got a he got a bandage on the front, which Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Well, I'll say what if it hit him in the back of the head, knocked him forward, then he hit some debris or rock on the ground. I didn't see any debris, Adam. I think the the the, the key is there's um, but but yeah, that's a but, but on that highway. I don't know. I think you might have been uh, uh, there. Might have been some debris. That's that's the debate. That's the debate later. But I, I love Buzzcut digging in on the positive. Uh, <laughs> yeah and that, that kind of like it doesn't really make sense because to think this way because uh matt does point out well that's not what my dad said but when but initially not even like kind of dissecting that when bud when Buzzcut said your dad's not here boy that initial i don't know if you i was like oh my god did he really die yes yes yeah i, I am glad we got some uh good news that he survived yeah and not really, and not in a way that kind of took away the nasty edge of the episode too. So I, I think I think it worked out fine. Um, you want to talk about the music videos? I do want to talk about the music uh, videos. My, my handwriting is terrible when I'm taking notes, but we got uh, Cinderella. Somebody save me! Um, we've got Fatima Mansions. Uh, the Loyalese? I, I, I believe it's the Localizer. Localizer, okay. Was, I was reading it backwards, Daily Motion, sorry. Yeah. Um, and then Jennifer Tynan with Happening. Uh, your, your takeaways, Corey. Um, You know what? I actually, I have a surprisingly, I have quite a bit to say about uh, the Jennifer Tynan video. Um, first of all, I absolutely love like they see like in the video they watch and like people are digging through a medicine cabinet and they find like this diarrhea medication and we get an amazingly on point character moment with Beavis revealing that he took diarrhea medication because he thought it would give him diarrhea. Which, that If that's not Beavis to a nutshell, I, to a T, I don't know what is, but it leads to this discussion where he took it for like a week and um, eventually he pooped out a brick that he's now keeping in his sock drawer. And upon the revelation, uh, Butthead says, Beavis, I'm going to pretend like I didn't hear any of this. And then when then Beavis comes out with a bit, with a la the last line is Beavis going, why? And, and I, I've thought about this. And you know what? I mean, it's a very hilarious exchange, but there is something a bit uppity about Butthead's reaction to that. Now, if this was a real world scenario, yes, Beavis, I don't want to hear anything about somebody who's keep, basically keeping a lump of shit as a pet. But we just in the last episode heard that these two guys share a watch a washcloth to wipe up with so really in a way butthead uh, there's really no right for butthead to pass judgment it's very kind of jim halpert-esque and you know i like the office but jim halpert let's uh, let's face it he was a smug talentless nothing who i think falsely led real life dullards to believe 
that it was okay to look down on people for the sin of them having a personality. So I don't like making that connection between Butthead and Jim Halpert. Fuck Jim Halpert. I'm not going to say fuck Butthead, but he could have come off his high horse on this one a little bit, I think. Where's the office rank at on your second to list of second favorite? Um, I, I would say um, it's maybe... Seinfeld's God. first, right? It's got to be your second favorite NBC sitcom. Oh, okay. That's fine. I was thinking of like the actors. Like, yeah, did any of them do anything I liked better? And no, I don't think so. But um, yeah, it, but I do like Seinfeld better. So it is, I'll rate it just ahead of uh, My Name is Earl as my second favorite NBC <laughs> sitcom. Um, yeah, I like that analysis. I've got nothing to add. I did, I did notice the Keopecte thing and I thought that was disgusting, but good, good in-depth analysis there. I was more, um, I didn't get much out of the, uh, Beavis was reading a magazine out loud for Fatima Mansions, uh, with the Cinderella, Somebody Save Me, um, from the get-go, they had none of that video. I think the opening yeah. Well, this is going to be stupid. <laughs> it was. It's a stupid video. And they they ripped on everything from the moves to the hairs to their faces to their voices. <laughs> like, it was just a nonstop just battering. And uh, I really enjoy when they're in that element, too, of like, we don't like it and we're not changing the channel, but we're just going to pound it the whole time. Absolutely. Um but uh, yeah, I think that's our discussion. So let's talk, Adam. Um, best, which, what do you think is the better, the, the best episode of the two? Ah, oh, man. I really like, uh, there's aspects of both of them I like. I like Stuart's entrance so much in Party um, and uh, Mr. Van Driesen. Mr. Van Driesen, I lean towards a little more than uh, Mr. Buzzcut. Um, so I, I'm going with I enjoy party just slightly better than Patsy's. I you know I think it feels kind of weird because we reference Patsy's a couple of a couple of other episodes, so you kind of think that would be you know one we point up. I have a slight. I think I'm leaning party too. I, Patsy's has a tighter script. I think it just like you know from like A to B to C structure, it's stronger. Where party is kind of more freewheeling, which I think may makes sense because you know. It's a party where nobody wanted to go. Wanted to go. Um, I think it just kind of, even though I wouldn't say it necessarily bothered me, I still laughed in a kind of dark way. Patsy still has that, oh, I don't feel so good about this moment. And the party doesn't really have anything like that. So I, that's why, yes, I think I too will lean, lean that way. Fantastic. We agree. What grade do you give it? Um, you know, I'm going to say these are kind of dual, like A minus B plus episodes. I don't even think I'd separate them by, by letter grade. It's just kind of, it's percentage points. Okay. Uh, and maybe we just leave it to IMDb. Uh, Party got a 7.7 .7 out of 10. Okay. Patsy's got a 7.9 out of 10. Well, then, well uh, there, that settles it. We're both idiots. I, I agree. So... Well, uh, we've got more episodes coming up uh, for more idiot talk about an idiot show. So what, what's uh, on the docket coming up? On the docket, I believe we're going to look at some loosely connected prank episodes. We already discussed one of my favorite ones, uh, Ding Dong Ditch, in a previous one. But ones that are kind of, you know, that sort of freewheeling 
teenage prankster spirit uh, next time. Uh, we've got uh, cow tipping and we've got um, prank call, one of which I love. I'll say they're both solid, one of which I'm really looking forward to talking talking about because uh, it's, it's kind of a favorite of mine. Buff Coton Beaver in the books again, Clay. Thank you, sir. Oh, we got to give our contact information. Oh, go for it. You are the man with that. More seamless segues that we <laughs> haven't quite mapped out yet. Yes, you can reach us via email at buffcoatandbeaverpod, B-U-F-F-C-O-A-T, at gmail.com, and also on Facebook at buffcoatandbeaverpod. Join the expanding movement. Become member six. Seven, eight, who, who even knows how big this thing's going to blow? Even nine. By the time episodes start dropping. But uh, yes, we, we're looking forward to discussing this with anyone who wants to. And um, at some point, we'll get these transitions figured out, I think. Well, and I, Joe, like these. I want to keep them this way. And the All right. All right. So the less professional. You got it. <laughs> Until next time. So long, everybody.